Welcome to the SportsCapping.com podcast with free handicapping advice, odds insights, picks, and predictions to help you beat the sports book. And now your hosts, Jack Jones and Brandon Lee. It's your host, Jack Jones, with the SportsCapping.com free pick podcast. It's time for college football championship week free picks and week 13 NFL free picks. Brandon Lee and I are red hot on the podcast right now. Followed up a 6-0 and two weeks ago with a 5-1 and last week. That's 11-1 and the last two weeks. 39-33 and on the podcast this season. So we finally dug ourselves out of the hole, and we're in the positive for the first time this season. Going for our seventh straight profitable season for you guys. I'm 20-16. and Brandon's 19-17. and 342 wins, 273 losses, 18 pushes last seven seasons. Uh, 55.6% winners, $1,000 per game better is up, 41700 Brandon, it's nice uh, to finally be in the positive here. Uh, let's recap recap our uh, picks from last week. What did, what did you have? Yeah, I mean, we were pretty confident that this thing was going to turn around. It's just, I mean, you never know for sure, but, you know, tried and true, we uh, got this thing rolling in the right direction. <laughs> That's so. right. It, it was not a good start to the week for me. I took it on the chin in my co- with my college football play. I gave out Rutgers plus 14 and a half against Maryland. Uh, the Scarlet Knights were completely dominated. They lost the game 37 to nothing, outgained 513 to 135. Luckily, you know, a loss like this where it's just not even close doesn't cost you any more than a game that, you know, loses by a field goal. So it, it, you don't like having plays that go this way but when you handicap motivation like i do in college football at this time of year and you aren't right results like this are going to happen so it it doesn't bother me as much as it might bother other people but you know it it was ugly uh luckily we were able to make uh that horrible pick up with a couple winners in the nfl on sunday we cast our individual play on the seahawks raiders over 47 and a half Uh, no problem here the two teams combined for 74 points uh, the game went over the total of 47 and a half, less than five minutes to go in the third quarter, as they combined for 44 in the first half alone. We also won our three-team 10-point teaser, teased uh, Cincinnati from minus two and a half to plus seven and a half, Atlanta from plus four and a half to plus 14 and a half, and the Packers from plus six and a half to plus 16 and a half. Uh, Bengals beat the Titans 20 to 16. Falcons lost by six, 13 to 19 at the Commanders. And the Packers lost by seven at the Eagles. Really turned out to be a solid tease. We needed the points to get home with both Atlanta and Green Bay. And, you know, we were only a late touchdown from the Titans from needing uh, the points as well in that game. Nicely done. Uh, I know, uh, as we talked about, we've almost switched some picks out here uh, several times on the podcast that would have won and instead put in losers. I know uh, Brandon was telling me uh, about possibly put in Cal instead of Rutgers and of course Cal covered but that's how it goes guys uh you know he does a nice pick on Cal though and uh, he was right on that motivational angle with UCLA having a little bit of a letdown there and uh for sure um these motivational angles can look bad if if the team shows up that you don't expect to but more times than not um if you're fading a team not expecting them to show up they don't show up but um definitely Maryland showed up against Rutgers um, I went 3-0 and for the second straight week, uh, one with UTEP plus 17 over UTSA in college football. This one was never in doubt. Um, UTSA was flat as expected with the tri- trip to the Conference USA Championship game clinched 
the previous week. UTEP stormed out to a 24-0 lead midway through the second quarter. Turned out to be a pretty bad beat, though, on UTEP Moneyline betters uh, as they would blow that 24-0 lead. They eventually lost by three, 31-34, but cover was never in doubt. Uh, I won on the Jaguars plus four over the Ravens in the NFL. Got the full entertainment value out of this one. Uh, the Jags scored 10 points in a span of under two minutes in the fourth quarter to take a one-point lead. Um, the Ravens got the ball back with four minutes left, only needing needing a field goal to take the lead. Instead, they got a 62-yard pass to Deshaun Jackson on a second and 20 play. That set up a Baltimore touchdown with just two, over two minutes left. They convert convert the two-point conversion to go up seven. The Jaguars then went 75 yards in the final two minutes. That resulted in a 10-yard touchdown pass to Marvin Jones with 18 seconds left. I mean, he was able to get his shin down in bounds. I still have no idea how he did it. Um, Definitely a lot of controversy over that touchdown not getting overturned, but I, I, it, to me it looked like he got his shin down just right before anything else touched out of bounds. Uh, the Jaguars went for the two, went for two and the win and got it, uh, which was perfect because we didn't want overtime getting that plus four. Also won my uh, six point teaser on the Panthers plus eight and a half, Eagles minus a half. Didn't need the teaser lines in this one. Uh, Panthers won outright uh, over the Broncos and the Eagles won by seven over the Packers. Uh, how are your premium picks going, Brandon? Yeah, I can't complain about how they're going right now. Uh, another winning week in the NFL. If you go back now to the start of Week Eight, I, I kind of talked about how I. This is the time of year where NFL goes well for me, and right now we're on a 22 and 9, 71 percent NFL run, number two ranked NFL capper on the site over the last 30 days, nine and two run over my last 11 top plays, and I give a lot of totals out on here, nine and two last 11 NFL totals. Uh, also going pretty well in college football. Uh, still the number six ranked college football handicapper for the 2022 season, hitting 60% for the season. $1,000 players up almost over 20K. And we're heading into uh, championship weekend uh, on a 12-4 and four college football run. Yeah, man. Nicely done in the NFL. It's been my best to uh, 87-54 NFL run, including a 10-2 and two NFL run. Uh, since two Sundays ago, 37 and 17 run on all top plays rated 20 star or higher. I have three 20 star top plays lined up for championship weekend. You can get my Friday Saturday college football five pack for 80 bucks. Um, if you don't profit, then you'll get my uh, Sunday and Monday NFL plays for free. Uh, 158.99 NBA run off to a very profitable start this NBA season. Uh, sooner I'm going to be lowering lowering all the prices of my football and basketball season passes probably early next week. So keep an eye out for that, guys. Uh, Let's get on to the free picks, though. What do you like uh, in college football championship weekend, Brandon? Yeah, I'm going to take the 7.5 with North Carolina in Saturday's ACC championship game against Clemson. I just feel there's a little too much value at the Tar Heels catching more than a touchdown on a neutral site. I really question how motivated the Clemson players are for this game. I know Dabo's saying how important this game is and you know how their goals coming into the season are winning the ACC and not making the playoffs. I, I'm not buying any of that crap. Uh, this is a program that, at the very least, expects to be one of the four teams in the playoff. And not getting there this year is a disappointment, just given you know where they're ranked, their record, all that stuff. I, I just... It didn't go as expected, and when that happens, I think it's hard for these teams to sometimes get up for an ACC or a conference title game, especially when it's a program like Clemson that's been here so many times and won so many of these in the past. Um, And I also just got to wonder, you know, what's it like in the locker room at Clemson right now with Dabo and, you know, sticking with DJ, I'm not going to even try and pronounce his last name, I should (laughs) probably know, but I'm not, but, you know, 
for whatever reason, he's a Dabo's attached to this kid. You know, to me, it feels like he just feels so bad for all the negative media that he that he's got that he wants so bad for him to prove everyone wrong. And you know, he can say all he want that he wasn't the problem in last week's loss to South Carolina, but he was eight of 29, 27.6 percent for a mere 99 yards. I mean, South Carolina has got a good defense, but he should be throwing for over 100 yards. Or, I mean, that you have to think they've got somebody better. With, with that said, though, I, I'm not 100% that Cade uh, Klubinek is that much of an upgrade over him. I mean, he can't be any worse, but at the same time, Klubinek's got some playing time and hasn't exactly wowed. Um, you know, I just don't think they're going to be able to exploit North Carolina's defense as much as people think coming into this game, especially with DJ as of right now, being the starter. And, you know, I mean, Dabo says he's on a short leash, but, you know, he's not going to look – he shouldn't look terrible against the North Carolina defense. So maybe that works in our favor and he keeps him in there and and it becomes too late to switch. And, you know, as for the Tar Heels, even though they've lost their last two games, I got to think they're going to be extremely motivated for this game. UNC has never won uh, the, the ACC Conference Championship since it moved to a title game back in 2005. They've only appeared in the game once back in 2015. You know, winning this game would be everything for head coach Mac Brown and in, in his transition to, you know, not just taking this to it as a team that competes yearly for the coastal title, but one for a national title. So I think his, his team's going to be extremely motivated here. And, you know, some of that, the bad showings the last couple of weeks, I think has to do with them already, you know, basically having the coastal locked up and looking ahead to this matchup. Uh, in North Carolina, everyone's pretty much well aware of Drake May and how good he is. You know, last week, South Carolina's Spencer Rattler threw for 360 yards against Clemson. And if you really take a close look at the schedule for the Tigers, they haven't really been great against the better offensive teams that they faced. They gave up 45 to Wake Forest, 28 to Florida State, 35 to Notre Dame, and then 31 last week to South Carolina. I think UNC has a great shot here to get into the 30s, which means it would probably take at least 40 for Clemson to even have a shot at covering. I don't think that's going to happen. I've got a good feeling here that we not only get the cover, but an outright win from North Carolina. Uh, give me the Tar Heels plus 7.5. Yeah, it's definitely a worse spot for Clemson than it is for North Carolina. You know, their hopes of making the four-team playoff crush last week with that upset home loss to South Carolina. Give it up 360 passing yards of Spencer Radler. I think UNC star quarterback... Drake May should light up this Clemson defense as well. Um, Tar, Tar Heels have been locked into this ACC championship game for a few weeks now, and it's shown in their performances the last two weeks, losing outright to Georgia Tech and NC State. But they should be all in here trying to win this ACC championship for the first time. Underdogs have gone 9-2-1 against the spread in all North Carolina games this season. They've only lost one game by more than four points this season. That was a 13-point loss to Notre Dame. Clemson also lost to Notre Dame by 21. Uh, I think we're getting some value here with the Tar Heels catching more than a touchdown, uh, who are coming off their dream crusher loss that I just don't see him getting back up off the mat this week, like you said, no matter what Dabo says. Uh, Drake May should keep him in this game for four quarters. He's completing 68% of his passes, 3,847 yards, 35-5 to touchdown to interception ratio, also has 629 rushing yards and six scores. Those are Heisman Trophy-esque numbers. This guy's legit. Um, I'm with you on the Tar Heels, Brandon. Yeah, and I just think, you know, even though North Carolina might be the public side in this game, I don't necessarily have as much problem going with the public when it's against a team like Clemson, who has such a just 
tax in the market from where they've been in years past. I mean, they're going to be overvalued more times than not, and I think that's the case here. Yep, and they're uh, used to playing this game for that spot in the playoff. Right, that's it's not... just different, and I, people can say all they want about you know how they care about winning the ACC championship. I just not at a school like this. I mean, you go there to win national championships. Yep. Not buying it until I see it. Yep. All right, this is. I'm going to go with Purdue plus 17 against Michigan. I think this is a terrible spot for Michigan. Um, Wolverines just went on the road, upset Ohio State um, to shock the country. It was their first win in Columbus in 22 years. Uh, that win punched their ticket to the 14 playoff, regardless of whether they lose this game or to Purdue or not. As a result, I don't think they're going to be fully motivated. That's going to make it tough for them to cover this inflated number. It's exactly the role I like to back Jeff Brom. He's great as a big underdog. Brom is uh, 22 and 11 against the spread as an underdog as a coach at Purdue. 15 and 3 against the spread against teams that outscore their opponents by 10 plus points per game as a coach at Purdue. 7 and 0 against the spread on the road uh, against uh, the good defensive teams that allow 17 or fewer points per game. And 9 and 1 against the spread after winning six or seven of his last eight games as a head coach. Uh, Purdue star quarterback Aiden O'Connell lost his brother but still played. Um, in a 30-16 to win at Indiana that punched Purdue's uh, ticket into this title game. I think the players are going to rally around him here. Um, they'll be extra motivated to win this game for their quarterback, who just does things the right way, earned his spot with his team as a walk-on, completing 64% of his passes, 3,115 yards, 22-11 to touchdown interception ratio on the season. Has great chemistry, too, with uh, former high school teammate Charlie Jones, who has 97 receptions for 1,200 yards and, and 12 touchdowns. Uh, Michigan's going to get their points, but I think Purdue's defense is good enough to hold them in check here. Purdue, I, they have an underrated stop unit that gives up 23.1 points per game, 347 yards per game. They're 36 against the run, allowing 129 rushing yards per game, which is the key to slowing down Michigan, um, is stopping their rushing attack. And Purdue only allows 3.8 yards per carry on the season, too. So I think they're going to be able to slow down Michigan's rushing attack. Um, this game's going to be played in a dome in Indianapolis, which I think favors Purdue's offense as well. Anytime the conditions have been perfect, this Purdue offense has thrived. The only few games they struggled this year were either without O'Connor or playing in a ton of wind outdoors. Um, they have scored at least 28 points in uh, eight of their 12 games this season. I think they're going to get plenty. They'll probably get 28 against this uh Michigan team and stay within the number but uh yeah I just do not like the spot for Michigan I know it's for the Big Ten title but and I know last year they they beat Iowa but Iowa was a team that they match up very well against I think Purdue's gonna give them a lot more troubles with their passing game and uh I, I expect Michigan to have a letdown off that Ohio State win yeah I guess I'm not as convinced as you are that Michigan is guaranteed a spot with a loss here um I, that would be surprising to me if that was the mindset they had coming into this game. And if they do, then, I, I mean, obviously I'd like Purdue quite a bit at this price. Um, I, I I just think if you lose, does it, I mean, it'd be one thing if Purdue was good and this was like a three-point game, then I think maybe they'd get a pass. But being a 17-point favorite and just how much they emphasize these conference games, it, it would make for a very interesting Sunday um, if they were to lose here and, you know, say i don't this different scenarios there where you know i mean they they like alabama quite a bit and you know nobody wants to think alabama can get back in this thing but yeah, <laughs> yeah the old michigan try and lose this one and see what happens the only reason um, the only reason i say it is because ohio state's a team ranked fifth and they're getting in ohio get over ohio state so that's the main reason that 
that it that it snuck in with me that if they lose this game they're still in. Yeah, and that very well could be the case. Yeah. Um I just that I that would be interesting. I I almost rooting for it to see it at this point. <laughs> um I'm just not I'm not getting involved with this one. I, I do think you're right as far as Purdue, um the players outside of O'Connell, they're gonna rally and try to play, you know, for him. I'm not 100% he's going to play well here. I think it can go either way. You know, kids at that age, it's a loss like that is really tough to overcome. And, you know, he's going to want so hard to play well that, I mean, sometimes they just, they don't. And yeah, it's unfortunate. Um, he's, you know, and I don't like that he hasn't been at practice all week. He went back at home to be with his family, you know, not being able to be on the field and practice and kind of get familiarity with what he's going to see at this Michigan defense scares me a little. Um, you know, everyone was taking Iowa last year. I know you think it's different, but you know, everyone was talking themselves out of you know Iowa or talking themselves into Iowa last year as a double-digit dog, and you know they won that game. Michigan won forty-two to three. Uh, you know, the loss of Crum, I don't think it's that big a deal um, for Michigan. I I know his numbers are great, but uh, but the backup Donovan Edwards has arguably been better. Um, he's averaging seven and a half yards per carry on 92 attempts. His numbers would be drastically better than Crum if he given like to 250 attempts that he's had. I don't know here, man. I, <laughs> I, it's a tough one for me. I, I I didn't even process that you know Michigan winning it in, but maybe that's the case. Yeah, they could lose and get it in for sure. I I think. I mean, or yeah, lose, yeah, yeah. I mean, Alabama with two losses definitely won't get in and over them. But, yeah, I, I'm not saying they won't be motivated to win the Big Ten title. I think they will be. but I think I mean, this, it better at least be a close loss. I mean, yeah. you know what I mean? If they lose by double digits here. I'd, yeah, if it's ugly. Yeah, I, for sure. It's not going to look good for them. I don't them. know. The, definitely the inter- interesting thing will be to see, like, if Ohio State gets in, if, like, TCU loses or, yeah. Right. That's like That's the, where LSU's got to be kicking themselves. Yeah, you know they went against last week, then they'd probably be in with the loss here. Michigan. For, for sure. All right, let's go on to the NFL. What's your uh, free pick in the NFL for Sunday? All right. Well, I'm gonna do another total because these have been good to me, and you know why not? I'm gonna take the over 51 and a half uh, between the Jaguars and the Lions. Uh, Detroit has been one of my favorite teams to play on when it comes to the over, and especially when they are playing at home and are and aren't facing a division opponent in this scenario where the lions are playing at home against a non-division opponent. The lowest combined score we have seen in a single game is 53. The average combined score in these five games that meet the criteria is 68. In those five games, the lions are averaging 33.6 points per game and giving up 34.4 points per game. I get the Jags aren't as good as some of the offenses that Detroit has faced at home this year. But we saw the Lions and Commanders combine for 63 points in Detroit earlier this season, and that was back when Carson Wentz was still the quarterback. Um, I think Trevor Lawrence has been improving as the season went along. He's quietly got an 8-2 touchdown-to-interception ratio over his last six games. He's not going to have to shoulder the load here either. The Lions are awful against the run. They give up 155 yards per game, 5.2 yards per carry. On the flip side of this, I don't think the Jags' defense is going to have much luck containing this Lions offense. Detroit's averaging 6.3 yards per play at home this season, and they're facing a Jacksonville defense that is giving up 25 points per game, 392 yards per game, and 6.0 yards per play on the road this year. 
I think both teams, at a minimum, put up 24 points, and at least one of these two get to 30. Uh, give me the over 51 and a half. Yeah, Brandon's going for a seventh straight NFL winner. He's hit six straight um, the last six weeks, so uh, I like this play quite a bit too. Uh, the Lions are a dead nuts over team, rank eighth in scoring offense, eighth in total offense, eighth at 5.8 yards per play. Lions are dead last in scoring defense, dead last in total defense, dead last allowing 6.3 yards per play. Uh, Jaguars haven't been stopping in anyone either. Uh, they rank 21st in allowing 5.7 yards per play on the season. But they got, they've gotten their offense going in recent week with 27 points three weeks ago against uh, the Raiders, 28 last week against the Ravens. Uh, I see. I actually see both teams getting to 28-plus, honestly. And uh, we only need like a 28-24 final here to cash this over ticket. Lions have really been an over team of late because they've gotten healthy on offense. Scored 25, 31, and 31 points in their last three games. The over is uh, 6-1 in Jaguars' last seven road games, and the over is 9-4 and four in the Lions' last 13 games overall. So I'm with you on the over on this one, Brandon. I like it, man. Yeah, it, it, I, these runs can't go on forever, but... You know, it's right. It was hot, man. These totals have been good to me. Yeah, they have. I mean, a lot of them haven't been. I mean, the third quarter. I, I, I know a lot of them are cashing almost at halftime. down time. to the fourth quarter, but most yeah. have cashed on the third, which are very makes it very fun to watch. Yeah, for sure. All right, uh, I'm gonna go Dolphins plus four at the 49ers. Dolphins are a perfect eight, no straight up in game started and finished by two of this season. That includes upset wins over the Ravens and Bills. Now I think they uh, have a great shot of upset in the 49ers this week. Miami got out to a 30 to nothing lead over the Texans in the first half last week before calling off the dogs. They rested their starters in the second half of that game. It was a misleading 30 to 15 final as a result. Uh, but resting in the starters in the second half also kept them fresher for this game against the 49ers. They had a bye the previous week after beating the Browns by uh, 22 the week prior. So they're they're as fresh as they can possibly be right now. Uh, the 49ers needed a last-minute stop to beat the Chargers by six three weeks ago. Then went into Mexico City, beat up on a banged-up Arizona team. On Monday Night Football before uh, 13-0 went over the Saints last week, uh, miraculously they shut out the Saints despite New Orleans having the ball inside the San Francisco 25-yard line three times in the second half, so that was a bad beat if you guys had the Saints. I luckily did not. I was close to having them, but uh, they missed a field goal, fumbled, and turned it over on downs inside the 49ers' 25-yard line uh, last week, all in the second half. It was closer than a 13-0 game. They only outgained them by 57 yards. Uh, and no question, the 49ers have an elite defense, one of the best stop units in the NFL. I just don't trust their offense to get margin. This line should be San Francisco minus three at the most. Uh, Jimmy G still uh, no more than a game manager. And three key playmakers on offense are banged up and either out or questionable. Debo Samuel, Christian McCaffrey, and Elijah Mitchell. Um, The 49ers have faced one of the easiest schedules of opposing offenses this season. When they actually faced the top offense in the Chiefs, they gave up 44 points and a 21-point loss. I think they're going to struggle to handle all this speed the Dolphins offer. Tyreek Hill has 87 catches, 1,233 yards, four touchdowns. Waddle has 56 for 963 and six scores. And you know Miami running backs Jeff Wilson Jr. and Raheem Mostert will be extra motivated for this game after the 49ers traded both of them away. Uh, they've combined for 1,220 rushing yards, seven scores. They've been a fantastic two-headed monster. The 49ers just don't have much of a home field advantage either. I think them being at home here is getting factored too much into the line. Um, Dolphins 23-11 and against the spread after covering the spread in their previous game. And like I said, uh, Miami 8-0 straight up. And game started by two of this season. We just need to cover plus four. So 
Uh, I think this is a close game, uh, and I think Miami's offense gets the better of this San Francisco defense. I hate to go against you, but, but I'm strongly considering a player on the 49ers. Uh, I, I, and you brought it up, and the fact that Miami's 8-0 with Tua, everyone it seems to want to bring that up. But it's impressive, but at the same time, this team could very easily be 4-4 four and four in his eight starts. They have a ridiculous 42-38 <laughs> win at Baltimore, where they trailed 14-35 going into the fourth quarter. They are outgained 497-212 in a 21-19 win over the Bills. They trailed by double digits in the second half at Detroit, and they barely snuck out a three-point win against the Bears. Uh, the other four wins, they're against the Pats, Steelers, Browns, and Texans. You know, I think this team has feasted on some bad defenses. You know, outside of the fourth quarter against the Ravens, they have struggled against the better defensive teams. They scored, and I'll just focus on the games two has started and finished. They scored 20 against the Patriots, 21 against the Bills, 16 against the Steelers. The, the other starts for Tua are against the Ravens, Browns, Bears, and Lions. So I, I get it. There's a lot of speed, but at the same time, I think this 49ers defense is exactly what you need to stop an offense like this where you can get pressure without having to blitz. Um, they're going to cause, I think, problems for Tua here because I don't think Miami's going to be able to run the football. And I'm with you. I don't think the 49ers offense is great. Um, I, I certainly don't think they played up to their potential last week. I, I do think you got to factor in a little bit playing on short rest, coming off the game against Mexico City. I don't think this Miami Dolphins defense is that good. Uh, I don't. I just. I mean, I know. I'd, I'd love to have three instead of four here, but this is just one of those games where I think San Francisco's defense will be too much for Miami to overcome. And uh, I'm not only thinking about laying the points here. I, I'm strongly considering the under as well, 46 and a half. Yeah, that goes hand in hand. I mean, if it's an over game, it's going to favor Miami. If it's under under game, it's going to favor the 49ers. But uh, yeah, I just uh, I know the Dolphins' offense. I mean, wasn't great against the Bills and. Steelers, um, but that Steelers game was to his first game back, and since then I know it's the Browns and it's the Texans, but I mean, 39 points against the Browns, nothing to. I mean, they dominate. I I had the Browns in that game, and I watched. So I watched most of it. I was just so impressed with how how their offense is playing, and then 30 points in the first half against the Texans. It's just. That chemistry is getting better as the season's going on, but this is, will be their toughest test. Yeah, yet. I mean, this if, is if the not, test. This is definitely the one. But uh, yeah, the main thing is, I just think the 49ers should be minus three. I'm not. I think they should be favored, but not, not more than three. So uh, in the NFL, all you need is a point of, ra- of value, in my opinion. So especially around a key number of three. So I think it's decided by a field goal either way. We'll see. Um, yeah, and then this is the telling game for Miami. If, if they lose here, I. I it's one of those teams that could fall pretty mightily down the stretch. They go at the Chargers, at the Bills, home against the Packers, at the Patriots, home against the Jets. So, yeah, makes this an important game. It makes yeah. me like it even more um, from that perspective. But yeah, they're just they're fresh right now, man. They had a bye two weeks ago and sat their starters in the second half. So I mean, for this game in particular, they should be should be pretty in, in good good position, but. Like I said, I mean that Forty ers defense is nasty. So I, I th- Tua gets the ball out of his hands quick. So I think that'll work to their benefit too. Um, let's uh, these NFL teasers have been uh, coming through for us quite a bit of late after a slow start to the season. What's your favorite NFL teaser for Week Thirteen? 
Yeah, these three team 10-pointers have been good to me, so we're going to keep going with them. I'm going to tease the Giants from plus 2.5 to plus 12.5 at home against the Commanders, the Lions from plus 1 to plus 11 at home against the Jags, and the Chiefs from minus 2 to plus 8 on the road against the Bengals. Same thing as last week with my tease on Washington against Washington. I just don't think they're built to blow teams out, especially a division opponent on the road. I don't see Detroit losing by double digits at home with how good their offense is there and how bad that Jacksonville defense is on the road. And at the very least, I expect the Chiefs to keep it close against the Bengals. Uh, Kansas City is going to be out for revenge from last year's awful second-half collapse in the AFC Championship game. You know for sure it's one game that they've had circled and if you kind of look at the Chiefs this year I mean every game they play is the opposing team's like biggest game they know they got the big target on their back but you know the big games this year the Chiefs have played when uh you know the Bucks and then uh the 49ers games like that they, they've really been impressive so um I don't I don't see them losing but I'll, I'll take the insurance there's some good games this week man I'm excited for that 49ers Dolphins game but even more excited for this Chiefs Bengals game. Uh, I got no problem with this teaser except all three. Uh, I expect all three of those teams to not lose by more than a touchdown, so I like that one. Uh, these long teasers have been great to me um, lately after being terrible to start the year. So going with uh, another one here, a six-point teaser on the Giants, plus 8.5, and, and the Seahawks minus 1. Giants from plus 2.5 up to plus 8.5 at home against Commanders. Good spot for the Giants off extra rest after losing to the Cowboys by 8 on Thanksgiving. Also a good spot for uh, the Seahawks getting to – Beat up on one of the worst teams in the NFL and the Rams who are missing their three best players in Stafford, Cup, and Donald. So uh, I see no way um, the Seahawks don't go in there and win. Um, what do you think about that one? Yeah, I mean, obviously, I'm gonna, if I like the Giants plus 10 um, on the tees, I'm going to like them here. I, I don't hate them at six. Um, and, you know, Seattle, that's a tease I'm considering, at least some form of a six-point teaser with them. I don't know if I'll double down with the Giants just so I'm not, you know, both games aren't right or both teases aren't right in that. But Seattle's one team I really want to be on this week, but I necessarily don't want to lay seven and a half with. I know. I agree. <laughs> yeah, that that line moved quick this week. It went from like five up to eight and I'm back down to seven. Um, all right. I there's so There were so many uh, good six-point teaser options this week. Another, a few other ones I like are the Bengals up to eight and a half. The uh, Ravens down to Ravens down to two and a half is the would be my third favorite. Um, what are some other ones here? I'm looking at. Yeah, the I like the Baltimore right one quite a bit. I do too. I just the only thing that kept me off it was Lamar had another injury. He's had like three different injuries in like three different areas, and uh, I, I think he, he missed practice for it. But yeah. even if like Huntley had to play, I, they're still going to beat the Broncos. Right, it's hard to not like the Browns, but I feel like that's the one that could. Oh, that one scares me big time. But I mean, because you know, Houston. If if you if Houston was going to want to win one game, it's that. That's game. true. Yeah, it's so, probably the one to stay away from. Yeah, I'm strongly considering the Texans plus seven there, but um, they're so bad. <laughs> they are. I, they are. I, luckily, I've avoided them, but. Uh, uh, yeah. I mean, they were competitive early in the year, so you know maybe this being their kind of Super Bowl, though. Yeah, so if there I don't was, hate that. yeah, if there was one time to back them, this would be the week. Maybe I mean, we'll get to seven and a half too with everyone on Cleveland for sure. Uh, well, next week we have four. We're gonna have four NFL free picks for you guys. No college um, because it's only the Army Navy game next week. So then we'll be back with more college for the Bulls. Just bet the under in that game as soon as the line comes. As soon as yeah, you'll get. 
closing line value, and then you can just bet the over at game time, and you'll have like a six-point middle. <laughs> Pretty much. That seems to be the case almost every year. Yeah, great advice, Brandon. Great advice there. Uh, where can the listeners find you? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at B. Lee Sports Picks. All right, you can find me on Twitter at BetFirmsJack. Get get free picks on the daily from both of us on there. Uh, sign up for a premium package from Brandon Knight at SportsCapping.com or BetFirm.com. Subscribe to us on iTunes. And uh, thanks for tuning in, everyone. Have a great uh, weekend, and uh, good luck with all your bets for uh, Week 13 NFL and Week 14 College Football. Thanks for listening to the SportsCapping.com podcast. For more free picks and predictions, be sure to visit us at sportscapping.com.